Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. So for the rest of this morning, I'm just going to talk about a subject that God's laid on my heart. And actually, Lydia Lydia has stolen um, what I was going to say this morning. And actually, Lydia didn't know that we were going to be talking about love this morning. She actually didn't know that, but she's prayed and God's told her. And I've got the same kind of thing that she just explained. I've got the four words for love. How crazy is that? Isn't that really weird? Honestly, she did not know I was going to say that. I've got the four words for love, and I was going to go through them, and I, I guess I still will. I'll, probably, I'll, I'll keep it a little bit shorter, though. So she's stolen my thunder, but that's okay. Um, we're going through a series at the moment, um, and it's all about making room for God in our homes. And we're two parts of the way through, so we've got the third part next week. But I just really felt that part, as part of that series, and I know some of you wouldn't have heard some of, that, some of the preaching for that, but as part of that series, what's really important in the midst of all of that, where, which is all about bringing people around the dinner table, friends, family, loved ones, and just making room for God to be Lord in our homes and bring his peace, his shalom, his peace into our homes. In the midst of that, I believe that love is massively important to see that take place. We've got to have love for each other. And in the book of 1 John, in the Bible, it says that God is love. And that's who he is. That's his character. He is a God who is love. He is love. And yes, I was going to go through the four words for love in the Greek. So in the Greek translation of the Bible, I'm glad we've got the same words. Imagine we had the completely different words. And <laughs> I was making it up or something like that. Okay, but we've got the the four words for love. And we've got filio. I'm not going to go through them again. You just heard it. We've got filio. We've got storge. We've got eros. And the one we focus on is agape or agapeo. um, It kind of says in some of the... It's another kind of derivative of the same word. Um, And that agape love is a love that God gives. And it's a love... The most important thing about that love is it's a love that keeps on giving. It keeps on loving, even if the loved one is unresponsive, unkind, unlovable, unworthy. It's an unconditional love. So it's a love that it hasn't got any condition on it. It's a love that God just gives us freely. He is love and he gives love to us all, actually. So agape love is... A love that desires only the good, only good things for the one it's, it's focused on. Um, it's a consuming passion for the well-being of others. It's wanting the best, the very best for whatever its object is, for the person that it's focused on. So unconditional, it's not based on... Um, a person's actions or whether they deserve it or not, it's freely given as an act of will and seeks the highest good for that person. So I'm just going to flick to, I've got a little flicker today. This is the first time I'm using this, so hopefully this is going to work. But um, Matt, if you just flick onto the scripture bit, this should then flick through it. Let's see if this is going to work. Yeah, we're working. Praise God. It's a miracle. 
But many of you would have heard this scripture before because it's read often at weddings and it's quite a well-known scripture in the Bible, even if you're not a Christian and you've never been to church before, you've probably heard this in, in someone's wedding at somewhere along the line. But this is this whole bit in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the love of God and it has a great description of what love is all about. So as we start off, it says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all, my, all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So the love here it's talking about is that agape love, is that, that unconditional love. And that love really kind of, it, it comes from God. It comes from God. And I, I want to share a little bit of a, a testimony. Because really, if you, if you look at that first part of this scripture, it's, it says that, because we're going to go through the rest of chapter 13. But this first chunk, it's basically saying you can do a lot of good things for people. You can make a lot of noise and you can uh, have gifts and all sorts of things. But if you don't have love, and you can even give to the poor, you can do seemingly really good things for lots of people but if you don't have love that's not coming from a place of that unconditional love it's he paul says here in his writing here i gain nothing so how do we have that love that comes from god so that as we're doing things with people it's it's something that is blessing them and it's, it's coming from God and it's a blessing for those people and we're doing it with the right motives, for the right reasons. Because we could do a lot of things for a lot of people and we can actually do good things and we can do them for all sorts of reasons. You know, I've listed down a few out of guilt. You might feel like you've got to do something for someone or you've got a guilt of something wrong that you've done and out of a guilty kind of conscience, you feel like, right, I've got to do this for this person because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get rid of my guilt. You can do things out of having a wrong pressure on you. So someone might be kind of pressuring you to go and, I don't know, feed the poor or whatever. Or you, you might feel pressured or burdened to do that. Sometimes that can happen in church, where you just feel like I've got to go and do this thing because the church is doing it. Can you see that's, that there's not a right motive there in what you're doing? Um, you can do it to shut someone up. <laughs> if someone's nagging you and nagging you, go and do this, go and do this, go and help this person or do whatever. Uh, you can do it out of that. Um, you can do it to make people like you out of pride or ego or to make yourself feel better or because you're paid to do it. And there's lots, of, lots and lots of reasons why we can have wrong motives in actually doing seemingly good things for people. And that's kind of what this is saying. You know, you can have everything together, but if, if it's not coming out of love, and you can be doing lots of things for people, but if it's not coming out from a place of love, then the word says here, I gain nothing. So, <clears throat> what is, how, how do we get that agape love? How does that agape love come out of us? How do we release that to other people? How do we, how do we receive it for ourselves? Here's a very good picture in, on this next chunk of scripture about what love should really look like. And this is all, the love here is all talking about agape love. And many of you would have heard this before, but this is talking about 
love. And actually, you can interchange the word love here with God, because God is love. So it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. And that's a picture of who God is. That's his nature. That's his character. He's patient. He's kind. He doesn't envy. He doesn't boast. He's not proud. He doesn't dishonor others. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. You know, in, in what we believe in the New Testament, when we confess our wrongdoings to God, things that we've done wrong to him, he wipes that memory of our sin, we call it, or wrong stuff, completely clean. He says he separates us from, as far as the east is from the west. So infinitely, he separates our sins, our wrong stuff from, us, from ourselves. When we confess them to him, we say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. So he keeps no record of wrongs. He, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So God does not delight with, in evil, but rejoices with truth. He always protects, he always trusts, he always hopes, he always perseveres with us. He, he never fails. His love never fails. So that's a good picture of love. And I don't know about you, but I know I don't measure up to that love. I fall a very long way short of that. Am I patient all the, all the time? Am I kind all the time? Do I envy? Do I boast? Am I proud? You know, all of these things, we, well, I can speak for myself, we don't quite measure up to that. And that's, that's that agape love. And agape love actually is, a, is an unconditional love. Can we really have unconditional love towards people? Will we always just without condition, with, with right motives all the time, love people? I'm not quite sure about that. I, I know I, I don't think I carry that all the time to people always, but God does. That's how, that's who he is. That's, that's what he does. And this next scripture just added on to that. In verse 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we need to love one another with God's love. And I want to just give us some tips on how we can do that. So I used to um, work in a care home. Oops. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not going to work anymore now. Um, I used to work in a care home with um, young people. <laughs> And it was a very difficult place to, to practice, to work out that love. And these were teenagers, young people that had come out of very difficult backgrounds. They had been brought up in and, ha and gone through some horrendous stuff as they were growing up. And they were quite broken young people. And we used to look after them in a, in a residential care home. And it was hard work. The, these, these kids were quite damaged, and, and they didn't know how to love. They didn't know how to receive love. They just, they just needed a lot of help in life. And they struggled a lot. And as staff members, we would often have to... It was a struggle to, to, to take care of them, to love them, for most of them. Some were easier than others, but most of them had just really had, were really broken people. And, you know, when I used to pray for them, 
So before I'd go to work, I'd just be praying for them. God, you know, what do you want to do in their lives? How do you want to restore their lives? What can you do for them? God would often say to me, Rohan, just love them. Just love them. That's, that's all you can do in a lot of situations. Just love those people in front of you. And it was difficult. It was difficult uh, you, to continue to love someone when they're swearing at you, attacking you, calling you all the names under the sun, uh, just not wanting to go along with what you're asking them to do. They, you know, they, it was a challenge to love them and continually love them. One really good thing we used to do in work that I, I really just think is a, is a really great policy that we had was whatever happened during your day, the next day when you come into work, you need to just put all, everything that happened behind you and you start afresh with that child or that young person you're working with, uh, with all of them. You, you just leave it behind you and you start from scratch and they have a brand new day. And I feel like <laughs> that, that was, it, I feel that's a biblical principle that they pulled out there from somewhere. But it was, it was powerful because actually you could have a really difficult time with one young person in particular that, for a whole day. And the next day you need to start work and come into that building and see that young person and just say, hi, how are you doing? You know, and just, just start off that relationship afresh. And you know, I felt like the one thing God told me to do, which was to love them, I kind of said, God, okay, how do I do that? Because this, re- this, really, this is really difficult. How do I agape love them, love them unconditionally? Because there's many reasons I could, could take from the things that I went through in that job, and there's physical stuff that we used to do. We had to restrain them sometimes, and there was a lot of kind of abuse that they throw at you. Like, how do I kind of just, like, park that and just continue to love them and I felt like God was kind of just saying to me you need to know my love first and when you know my love and you experience my love and you fill yourself with my love then you've got something to be able to give out to them then you can pour out your love to them so what I would do is most most days that I would go to work I would spend time with God in the morning before I went into that to the workplace and just had time with God, like we did this morning, just worship God, was just in his word, just praying to him and just receiving from him love, receiving love from him, receiving peace from him, receiving just life from him so that I could just give that out to them. And that would be the only way I could get through some of these days without kind of like losing my temper with it. And sometimes I did, admittedly, not very often. But sometimes, because they would push your buttons, they knew how to push your buttons, they knew what things to say to you that would, would cause you to snap. But, you know, thank God uh, that probably only happened a couple of times. Um, <laughs> I love those kids. Anyway, um, it was like, okay, fill up, <laughs> fill up your tank. It's like we needed to know God's love and to be filled with God's love and then to give that out. And it had to be something that came from him I don't know if I could muster up the love to continually love these, these kids and to continually pour it out. And it would work. It would work. When I spent that time with God in the morning, I'd come into work, no matter what they were throwing at me, no matter what they were saying, it was like there was something, of, something spiritual towards them that was just continually there for them, continually there. It, it didn't make sense, and, and they would say all sorts of things and do all sorts of things, but there was something spiritual towards those kids, that a compassion, uh, a kind of just a, 
just wanting their best, no matter what they were going through. Because often we knew what they were kind of throwing at us and saying at us wasn't them. It was kind of what they'd come through in their lives and what they'd been brought up around and what happened to them. So that's how I kind of dealt with this. Now, we need to know God's love. And this, this scripture here from 1 John 4, 9 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So in this scripture, and there's loads of scriptures in the Bible about God's love, but it's like he first loved us. So he took that first step, even though we didn't want to know him. And my personal testimony was I was kind of like living my life and then someone kind of introduced me to God with a leaflet and I kind of, to cut my story very, very short, and I prayed a prayer and I said, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to know you. And from that, before that point, I was living my life, doing my own thing, didn't really care about God, didn't really want to know God, wasn't interested in God. Um, wasn't interested in being a Christian, didn't get Christianity, didn't get Christians, they're weird people, and (laughs) didn't understand what church was all about. But I had a moment in my life where I said, God, I do want to, I I understand you, and I do want to know you more, and I want to give you my life. And that's what this scripture is talking about. God actually made a way for us to come to him even before we've made any step towards him. So even if we don't really care anything about God. He still loved us by giving his son to us, by giving Jesus as that sacrifice on the cross for our sins so that we can come into relationship with him. He did that. He made that first move. He took that first step so that we could come into relationship, into a loving relationship with him. And I think it's just amazing that he, he takes the first step with us. So whether we take hold of that or we don't, it's up to us, the decision, the ball's in our court. It's up to us what, what we do with that. But he's actually made every way open and possible for us to come into a loving relationship with God. And then out of that place, when we know that we're loved by him, when we experience his love, it says there right at the end, we surely ought to love each other. And that's what God's love's about. God's love is a giving love. It's an it's a active love. It, goes, it comes out of us. It shouldn't just be for us to kind of just enjoy ourselves. It's a love that needs to be shared around with other people, to touch other people's lives. So I've written some, a few pointers down to help us to understand how to receive this love and to give this love. And I think the first step is that we need to be willing. We need to ask him for his love. So if you've never done that before, even if you're a Christian here today, you need to ask him, God, give me your love so that I can give it out to other people. Lord, I want your love so that I can love you with your love. It's a kind of a, a, a weird mystery, we call them in the Bible, where you know, it's God's love inside of us that needs to go back up to God. So it's kind of like this kind of circular thing. God gives us love, and that's the love that we give back to him. It's not something we kind of just do out of our own self. It's like, okay, God, the love that you've placed in my heart, I give that back to you. 
It's like this circle. And actually, between God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's, there's a loving relationship there. And we're brought into that relationship. And we're kind of carried along in that relationship with God. And it's like this circular kind of the love comes down from God and we give that to other people. And then we give that back to God as well. And he gives us more. And it is like a kind of a movement of God's love going on there in our lives. So number one, we need to be willing and we need to ask him to release love for us. We want to encounter him in his love. We need to take the opportunities that he gives us to love other people. So there's always opportunities, every, probably every day of your life, to love someone around you. We need to take those opportunities. So it's, it's God, give me your love. Ask him for it. Receive it. And then God, show me where you want me to give that out to other people, friends, family, people around you. Help me to love people. You know, our kids can be, can be difficult to love at some, some points in time. You know, our, our friends can be hard to love at some points in time. Family members, people around us, people in church, just people in our workplace can be difficult to love. But God, it's, it's asking God, God, give me a heart for them. Give me love, the, your love, so that comes out of me towards those people. And as I said before, I had to spend that time with just receiving his love, having a fresh dose, a fresh infilling of his love so that we could so I could give that out to other people here's another scripture in 1 John it says this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of God be uh, love of God be, you should say, in that person, eh? Um, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And this agape love is a, is a love that is an, it's an active love. It's an unconditional love, but it's a love that actually does things. It's not just a love that is an emotional kind of like, you know, I just love you kind of thing. It's an actual, well, what, what does that look like? What does that look like in reality? And that's what God's love is towards us. It's, a, it's an active love. He does things for us. He shows us his love by what he actually does. You can't say you love someone, but then, like it says here, you've got possessions, you've got material possessions, but, oh, yeah, I really love you as my brother or sister or whatever, but I'm not going to help you. That's not love, is it? Love has to actually have some sort of action to it. What does it look like? How do, how do you show that love to people? If you really love someone, you would give your, you'd do whatever you can to help that person, to do what you can for that person. So let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So we want to display our love. We want to act out our love. So one last scripture um, if you guys could just come forward. <clears throat> in Ephesians 3, it says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all Lord's, the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. So God loves us in a deep way. And there's a height to it, there's a depth to it. God just, it surpasses our understanding, his love towards us. 
And we've got to be able to receive that. That how, you know, we want to, it starts with your will. God, I want to receive your love. I want to experience your love. I want to encounter you in your love. And when we do that, that's how we, it impacts us so that we can then impact the world. We can impact other people around us. And in that scripture, Paul was basically saying that we need to be rooted and established in love. As Christians, if you're a Christian here today, if you're a born-again Christian here today, we need to be rooted and established in love. That's what our whole life should look like. We, sh- we should be a people that overflow with love towards other people, a loving people. So we're just going to go back into one of the songs that we sung earlier, Build My Life. And... That song is powerful because it talks about building your life on his love. And that's what we need to do here today. We need to build our lives on the love of God. It's a firm foundation. It can't be shaken. It can't be moved. You know, his love is constant. No matter what we do, he still loves us. No matter how we mess up in our lives, he still loves us. No matter how much we let him down or let other people down or make mistakes, his love is still there for us. It's constant. It's, it's solid. You can build your life on it. You can, you can just stand on his love. You can stand your ground on his love. And I want us to just sing this song and just focus on God as you're singing this to him and experience his love. So if you'd just like to stand to your feet. We've got a few minutes left. We're just going to sing this song and then I'm going to pray. he loves us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin dear friends since God loved us that much we surely ought to love each other so this morning if you've never made a decision to follow God, to love God, to know God, to give your life to God. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to come into that household of love, to come into a loving relationship with a loving God. You know, He cares about you. He has a purpose for your life. He has direction for your life. He wants to relieve the pressures of life. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you a a direction for your life. He wants to give you a reason to live. He wants to give you purpose more than anything else. And he wants to give you his love, his kingdom. He wants you to come into his family, to be a son, a daughter, to come into his kingdom. And all you need to do is say a simple prayer, but mean it from your heart that you give your life to Jesus and receive everything he's done for you on the cross he gave his life for you personally yes you individually he died on a cross to cancel out any sin any wrongdoing that you've done so that you can be acceptable to God and all you have to do is say God please forgive me for anything wrong I've done in my life I give you my life And when you pray that prayer from your heart, 
and you ask him to be your, your Lord and your saviour, he comes to make his home in you. He comes to live in you by his spirit. He comes to empower you by his spirit. He comes to help you through life by his spirit. So if you want to pray that prayer today with anyone, there's some people on the front row you can come and speak to after the meeting. And we'd just love to just pray with you, encourage you. But Jesus is calling us today. He's calling you today. He's saying, come into my love. Come and experience what it's like to be a child of God. Give me your life and I'll turn it around. You can start from scratch. You might have made a mess of your life up to this point. He wants to give you another chance to start again. Like we did with those children at work. Each day we started from scratch, no matter what they did. Some of them got arrested. Some of them would come out of a, pl- a police cell. We'd pick them up in the morning. Then we started from scratch with them. God wants to start from scratch with you today. He wants to wipe the slate clean and give you a fresh beginning in life with him. So Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your love, first of all. We thank you for Scarlett, for Henry. Lord God, we thank you. We dedicate these children to you. We place them in your hands so that they can experience your love as they grow, as they grow up, Lord God. And Father, every single person here, Lord, I just pray that they have an encounter with you in your love. They come to know your love and know that you are real, Lord God. So Father, this week as we venture into our week tomorrow, Lord God, we thank you that you are just with us that you're loving us, that you can love people through us. We thank you for your spirit that lives in us and lives around us and that that is in our lives, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.